You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. Okay, now Marco's going to come preach. Let's give God our hearts. Okay, well, great, uh, great to be together tonight, and this will be the last time we're together for a month and a half. Uh, this is an experiment. So, in the sense of we haven't uh, met together with our uh, local church on a midweek for six weeks in a row uh, in a uh, long, long time, almost uh, five years actually, oh, 14 years for you. Okay, well, I just know it's been a number of years. So, I do want to encourage you, I know it sounded confusing because there were so many different moving pieces, but you only have to be responsible for one. So, if you're a man in the South Bay, all you have to figure out is, hey, where's the men in the South Bay meeting again? On Tuesday night? Okay, well, I know you know because you listen. But anyway, you get what I'm saying. You just need to be responsible only for yours. Uh, it's six weeks. We'll be back together here in um, mid-April. We'll be starting a new series uh, that uh, in mid-April um, called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. So if you want to buy the book sometime between now and the next month and a half, uh, you can go ahead and buy it on your Kindle or on your phone or audio or um, print or however you want to do it. Okay, so that's to let you know. But if you could please, let me get your attention. If you could please be a uh, responsible disciple with our midweeks coming up in the next month and a half and give your whole heart. This is a time to connect the men uh, in the campus, the teens, the singles, and the marrieds uh, to connect them in relationships as we uh, and the women as well but to connect across our ministries. So you can't connect if you're not there. I, can, I mean, I'm, I'm not a true prophet in the sense of I can foretell the future, but I can foretell if you're not there, you won't connect. Um, but go be the most giving people there. Go meet people you don't know. Rekindle the friendships you already have. And I think it's going to be amazing as we're going to be mixed in different groups, both the men and the women. Uh, over those six weeks, I think we're going get to know, get to know a lot of new people uh, as well. Yes. Uh, the West Side Church, just to let you know, we had a change of facility due to a issue with the power company at uh, John Adams Middle School. So you'll be meeting 10.30 a.m. this Sunday uh, at the Veterans uh, due to that challenge there with your normal facility. Okay? 10 a.m. 10.30 a.m. at Veterans instead of John Adams Middle School for the West Side Church. And Jack Bell, Jack Bell is also selling the books for our men's series, uh, if you're interested. Okay, we're doing our last... Um, series tonight, uh, la- last installment of our series tonight. We were going to split men and women, but we don't have the other room. And plus, we decided we'd rather do it together. I think you'll like it better uh, this way. Very excited about it. So tonight, uh, if you're visiting, uh, we've been doing a series on relationships called Warm Bodies, uh, talking about love is the cure. And if you think about it, uh, so many people, their biggest issue is relationships, connecting with others, Right? challenge. And, uh, and so that's what we've been talking about the last few weeks. Uh, we've been looking at that movie uh, called Warm Bodies, which was kind of a lot of fun, especially last week. And uh, we talked about uh, three weeks ago, it was Upward, talking about how our words make such a difference. Um, the Bible says the tongue has the power of life or death. And uh, we all know that through our upbringing, through our family members, through our friendships, Boy, somebody that uses their tongue to build you up versus tear you down, it's very, very different. 
So we talked about that three weeks ago, upward, that our words should be an upward call to others and should be building others up, and our words make such a difference uh, in relationships. Uh, then last week we talked about, um, hold on, it'll come to you, that it's more than words. And we talked about the five love languages, and you took that test, and we realized that what makes you feel loved is often very different than the person sitting next to you. Not always. Most everybody, not everybody, has words of affirmation as their number one or their number two love language. Uh, God made us that way. Even Jesus, when he started his ministry and on the Mount of Transfiguration, God spoke to him and affirmed him and said, this is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. So he's kind of telling Jesus, Jesus, at the beginning, you can do it. I'm with you. I love you. I'm for you. Go for it. And then as he's getting ready to go to the cross, he does it again. So even the Son of God needed affirmation both from his Father and then, and then from his friends. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. The night before he's going to the cross, he's asking for encouragement. He's asking for uh, his, his friends to be there with him and show emotional support. So it's not just words. It's more than words. It's learning how each other feels loved and then going out of our way to be that. Tonight we're going to talk about what are you afraid of. And uh, so I've gave you these cards. Uh, the women have the yellow card, right? And the men have the blue card. And so what I want you to write down on this card is what helps you feel comfortable building close relationships with a brother or sister here in the church? What helps you feel comfortable in building a relationship with a man or woman in the church? What, what, what helps you in that way feel comfortable? So go ahead and write that down. One thing, two things of the opposite sex. So what helps you, thank you, feel comfortable or aids in your relationships, friendships with members of the opposite sex here in the church, okay? So just take a minute and fill that out if you would, um, and then we'll collect those here and bring them up here in the lesson uh, in just a moment. Do you want me to repeat the question? What helps you... So woman, women, excuse me, if you're, what would you tell the guys helps you feel comfortable in building a relationship? And I'm not just talking a romantic relationship, I'm talking about a relationship, because if you don't know how to build a relationship, you'll never make it to the romantic relationship. You don't, the, the friendship is the foundation of everything. So what helps you, something you could do, something you could, if you, what do you want to tell the guys? Guys, tell the women, what helps you? In building a relationship. Okay? Feeling comfortable. You okay, Angela? She can't stop laughing. Oh, you ran out of space in your card? Oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't resist because you were laughing. Oh! I'm just messing with you. You want me to repeat the question again? Yeah, so when you're done, just pass it to the uh, aisle, in the, in the middle of the aisle, and we'll collect them, okay? You could use bullet points. You don't have to use complete sentences. Uh, you don't have to outline it 1A, 1B. 
Just what first thing that comes to mind? You're just helping a brother out right there, right? Help a brother out. Help a woman out there. So first thing that comes to mind, a couple bullet points. Don't have to write it in prose or poetry. or Not a time to rant or rave. Just some helpful suggestions. Okay, so if you're done, just pass it to the middle. Do you need more time? We're going to have to be wrapping it up. If you didn't think of it yet, maybe you're just deeper than the average man. Uh, so if, just go ahead and turn, pass it to the middle. Shh. Let me get your attention. I'm going to keep going here. Okay, you guys ready? Uh, you know, tonight, we're going to limit the topic of the lesson uh, between relationships between men and women in the church. Meaning that you could talk about love being the cure and fears in all types of relationships. Parental your relationship with your parents, relationship with siblings, relationship with friends of old you know, that you've had for a long time, relationships with family members, relationship, you, know, you can just go a million different directions. Uh, relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend, a lot of directions. Tonight we're just going to talk about in a general sense relationships between men and women brothers and sisters here in the church, because that is the foundation. Okay, anyone see that uh, show? Uh, what's it called? Is it called, um, oh, Lie to Me. Anyone seen the show? Lie to Me. Um, well, you know, this is guy is a, is he a forensic psychologist? Right? Something like that. And he uh, helps, you know, people come in to be interrogated, and he helps try to figure out by looking at their body language. I've never watched the show. I just know that's the, is it good? Fabian's like, it's a little lower learning for me, but yes. Uh, um, so he analyzes people's body language up to the left, they're lying, down to this way, down, you know, the, how they look, their eyebrows, the beads of sweat, how they repeat themselves, etc. So, you know, when we talk about relationships, when we were little, you know, first grade, second grade, kindergarten, you know, you go to talk to a girl and you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, I think she likes me. I gave, she took the licorice I gave her. The whole piece, you know, it was like, it was just like a whole world. But, you know, fast forward 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and it's amazing still how many fears uh, that we have. Um, Michelle and I were, uh, were talking about a song. What's it called again? Um, Broken. I have it right here. There's a song, a famous song that our kid, that is it called Broken Hearts? Uh, this song... And it's so sad. It's called Brutal Hearts. Brutal Hearts. Um, and it's kind of an indie song. It's a new indie song. And the, it says, are you the brutal heart that I've been looking for? Because if you're looking for love, you can look for that door. Hearts. Hearts that break in the night in two and arms that can't hold you that true. So use me. That's what it says. So use me. I don't mind at all. I don't mind that you only call me when you want. 
And I'm just glad you want me at all. Hearts. And hearts that break the night in two and arms that can't hold you that truth. So use me. So use me. And it's so sad because it's a popular song. It's got a good beat to it. But it's actually a duet. It's a man and woman there you go. I've never singing heard it. it back and forth together. But the premise is what? Promise? Premise. Premise the of the premise? song. Yeah, yeah the, just fear of commitment. You know, not wanting to make that commitment, but, you know, you got needs, so let's just use each other. And it's just sad. You know, every time I, that comes through my daughter's playlist, I, um, you know, it just pulls up all these feelings from, you know, before I was a Christian. Because really that's all that, you know, your relationships with, you know, sisters, you're with me. That's, you know, what they consisted of, you know, for the majority. And so, um, yeah, it brought up some feelings. But that's, you know, that's the world that God gives us, you know, through his word and in his church, a whole different opportunity to experience something that's real, that's loving, that's fulfilling, instead of empty and hollow and painful. So when we're talking about relationships or you're thinking about relationships, maybe this is you with your eyebrows raised, (laughs) pulled together, raised upper lids, tense lower lids, and lips slightly stretched horizontally back to the ears. I don't know. But it can be a scary thing. And uh, Michelle's going to introduce this next segment here. Um, you know, we really have enjoyed putting the series together, and we hope you have too. And, um, you know, we, there's, again, like Marco said, there's so much to talk about. And so we're skimming the surface here, but we really hope that the things we talk about, even tonight, that you'll take the time to really go deeper. And uh, for yourself, in God's Word and with other people, to you know, kind of figure out kind of where those fears and things uh, that are coming from and just your own obstacles and building the kind of relationships that fulfill you, right? Um, but um, we did have a difficult time actually deciding on the title for the series because, um, you know, we want something that's relatable to men and women. And when you write down something like, what are you afraid of, you know, we wondered how the guys would actually feel about you know, coming to midweek, okay, what are you afraid of, right? right, Mark? That's right. I mean, we're not afraid of anything that we'd ever admit. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, did, we didn't want to lose anybody, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, we all know that, you know, we all have fears, right? Kind of like these um, guys. In Gary, this, can you uh, get the lights on? You've got to see uh, these pictures here of uh, in, in people that, that are afraid. There's a few of the brothers that got asked uh, a deep question. No. Or, uh, <laughs> trying to have a conversation. Uh, no, actually, um, these photos were taken um, from hidden cameras inside of a haunted house. There's a, it's called the ha- Nightmare Factory in Niagara Falls, Canada. And they have cameras everywhere that they snapshot as they so freak you out. both men and women. So, ladies, you can feel like this sometimes. Here he comes. He's going to ask me the question. Well, how about these guys? Sometimes you think, you think if I could just stay with my posse, I'm safe. If I could just stay with the brothers. Look at the guy in the front. These are not acting. I mean, this is, they, they take pictures of you all throughout the haunted. And, and they, you know, the, it's totally dark in the room, but then they have the flash of the that camera. Right so here looks like he's kind of a tough guy, right? Is this guy in our ministry? <laughs> The South Bay guys right there, man. Just stick. No, sticking together. I meant sticking together. And then, you know, you got uh, this dating couple, huh? Look at that guy's face. 
Is there a mama! tear? Is there a tear running down his Hold eye? Me, mama. Oh. And then you know. Anyway, um, Gary, you can keep the lights off because we're gonna we're gonna go to a video in a second. But um, Madame Curie, Marie Curie, uh, one of the no, most I famous uh, scientists, uh, said this. You know, she was kind of a pioneer in radioactivity. She invented a couple of the elements. She said, nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. Now, obviously, we are to fear God and show him reverence in his proper place in our lives. But God has so many mysteries in life that we can run from hmm. or we can delve into his word and say, God, this is scary. This doesn't really work very well for anybody. How does this work? Or we can just avoid it. And um, so much of understanding relationships is understanding ourselves yes. and then being willing to take risks. Okay, so here we go. Okay, as we look through this, this clip here from Warm Body, see if you can find some key phrases that have to do with just love being the cure and overcoming fear. So this is the only clip we're going to show tonight, and this is the end of the movie where you know they, uh, she takes an interest in him, shows him love and respect, sees the good in the zombie, He's dead, and he starts to come back to life. So it's a process. He goes from being a corpse and barely, you know, not alive and can't even communicate to her love for him makes him start coming back to life, but it doesn't happen right away. And this is the end of the movie, which I thought was really, really cool. You guys ready? It's kind of scary in here. On the one hand, getting shot in the chest hurt, like, a lot. But on the other... Okay, I'm going to start it again. He'd just gotten shot by her dad. <laughs> and uh, he started bleeding. And zombies don't bleed. And, and so there you go. On the one hand, getting shot in the chest hurt. Like, a lot. But on the other, it felt good to bleed. To feel pain. To feel love. I wish I could say we cured the bonies with love. But really, we just straight up killed them all. Sounds kind of messed up, but no one felt too bad about it. They were too far gone to change. It was actually a really good bonding experience for us and the humans. Once we joined forces, they didn't stand a chance. The ones we didn't kill just wasted away. And the rest of us, well, we kind of learned how to live again. For a while, it seemed like a lot of us forgot what that meant. <laughs> the humans began to accept us, connect with us, teach us. This was the key to the cure. It was scary at first, but great thing starts out a little scary, doesn't it? This is how it happened. This is how the world was exhumed.
I thought, what a great, uh, great visual there. Did you like the zombie hands? That was classic. But you know, um, you think about this whole idea about walls. Um, every one of us, we put up walls when we're afraid. Even the Bible says that. Even the Bible says that when you build a high wall, you invite destruction. It's our natural reaction to protect ourselves. Something hurts us, or is, un- is uh, we're unaware of it, or scary to us. We put up a protection, and yet we know it keeps the bad out. It keeps the good out. It keeps the bad out, but it also keeps the good out as well. And love breaks down walls, just like you saw in that movie. Fear puts them up. Love breaks them down. And we're going to talk about that here in in just a moment here in the Bible. Galatians three, Paul says to the church in Galatia, he says, "You are all sons of God through your faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ." There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. And so Paul said, hey, in the church, we're very different. Different ages, different races, different upbringing, different socioeconomic, different education, different uh, challenges. We come from a different worldview, different, different, different. Slaves didn't hang out with free people. Even when you would go during Jesus' day, you know, you'd walk into a house, you'd, somebody would wash your feet, you wouldn't even look at the slave. you just put your foot out and keep the conversation going. The slave would walk up and wash your feet, and now that's your brother in church. Men and women, women weren't looked at with equal rights, as all of us know. Looked at as property. Um, you know, not treated equal at all. Um, the whole idea of Jews and Greeks, lots of conflict, lots of looking down on each other, lots of avoiding each other. And he says, hey, in God's church, we don't differentiate in that way. And between the man and woman, we're equal. There's a sense of unity and equity. Not one is better than the other. Look over in First John uh, chapter 4, and that's going to be our text uh, that we're going to look at here uh, for tonight. In First John chapter 4, verse 7, we're going to look at these verses. And you know, it takes a risk. Remember when the walls of Jericho fell? God told them they had to walk around the walls there uh, seven times. <coughs> and I think in the same way, God asks us to do things that don't make sense, are uncomfortable, are by faith, in order for us to have relationships that meet our needs and meet other people's needs. 
in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, he says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Look at the value he puts on love. And look at the value that the Apostle John, through the Holy Spirit, says about our spirituality. That so much of our relationship with God, it's displayed. Our love for the invisible God is displayed visibly by our relationships. And specifically what we're talking about is between men and women. Our relationships. He says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his, his, son, his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought. He doesn't say we will. He says we also ought love one another. And then he goes, goes on to say, no one's ever seen God. Check this out. Meditate on this. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So he says we can't physically see God. It is a complete faith move. We can't prove it, taste it, touch it, feel it. We can see the evidence of God. But we can't see God. He says, but when we love each other, something supernatural happens in displaying God to people and igniting God inside of us. What a picture about the importance of love. And if you skip down to verse 16, he says, and so we know and we rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Because in this world, we are like him. There's no fear in love. But perfect love, which only God has perfect love, perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love... Because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. This is deep. You know, the Apostle John was called the Apostle of Love. And even uh, historians say that as an, uh, the, the, as an elderly man... Uh, you know, he was brought back from Patmos to Ephesus and he, they would carry him to church. I don't know if this is true or not. It's just what I've read. They'd carry him to church because he was, he, you know, all the apostles were martyred way earlier, 20, 30 years earlier. John lived a very, you know, a long life. And they'd, you know, carry him into church and he would say, dear children, love each other. Like that was something he would just repeat over and over again. And you could see... If it's true, you can see how when you look at the book of 1st, 2nd, 3rd John and the Gospel of John. That here's John, the only living apostle, uh, decades past when all the rest were gone, how Jesus made an impression on him was that love is everything. And, you know, when you think about this, you know, we watched this clip. There were some really cool lines in there, okay? So 
there's some lessons about how love can cure fear from what we just watched in the clip and as what we just read here in the scripture. Number one, I love what he said there as he's holding his chest. He got shot. He goes, man, I got shot in the chest and it hurt, he said, but it felt good. He said, it felt good. He said, it's good to feel pain, to feel alive, to hurt, to feel love. You know, we turn ourselves off to avoid pain. We put up walls so we won't hurt. It actually works. But it also turns off everything else. That's right. So yes, we won't feel we can, you know, have a bulletproof emotions mm. to avoid pain mm. or to avoid more pain. But then also we can't give love and feel love because we, we walled it off. We turned it off. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. We think um, in our mentality that if God loves us, he's not going to allow us to get hurt. I mean, we kind of think, can think that way. So when bad things happen to us or bad things happen to people we love, we immediately question, doubt, and wonder about God's love because how could he let something like that happen? I mean, all of us have probably that thought to one degree or another has gone through our minds. And um so, you know, if you are feeling that currently, I mean, you're not alone. I mean, it's an, it's our natural way of just trying to question and understand um, what is happening and what's happening to us. And, you know, over the last 18 months or so, um, Marco and I have been through some painful things. And it was it, that, those questions, you know, went through our mind. And um, God taught me some really incredibly valuable things through that that I'd just like to pass along um, one one nugget is um, from Ephesians chapter six, and uh, I think verse four. Um, you know, actually the whole verse sixteen. Sorry, um, that whole chapter talks about relationships, uh, how men and women need to treat each other, how slaves and masters should relate to one another, and there's this there's this ordering and these levels of um, um, you know everybody having a role that God gives us, you know, so those relationships will go well. And then at the end of that passage, (laughs) it starts talking about the spiritual battle and how that our battle is not against flesh and blood, right? Because anytime we're in relationships and, and we're trying to relate and connect and if we're out of our roles and don't understand each other, you know, it feels like the battle's against that person, right? Um, Especially if they're being hurtful or saying things that hurt you or, you know, it's very challenging. But God wants us to realize that our battle isn't against each other and isn't against the people in our lives that have hurt us, but it's against, you know, the spiritual forces of evil that are really trying to pull our hearts away from trusting God. And um, there's one verse in 16 that says, take up the, the shield of faith, right? And um, to protect yourself in this battle. And that shield of faith, is it's a, it, it, it blocks those arrows that are really trying to go for our heart. And, um, you know, our tendency is to use our own pain as a shield, like Marco was talking about. We build those walls so nothing can get in, right? And, um, but God says don't, don't build walls to protect your heart. You know, use faith to protect your heart. Trust in me. Um, use your, don't use pain as a shield, use faith as a shield. And um, that has helped me tremendously because every time I want to just 
close off, pull back, shut down, quit on one level or another. And those thoughts go through my mind maybe once a week <laughs> for, for, you know, maybe at least 10 minutes. And, you know, and I, I tell Marco and he's like, here we go again. Um, but, but um, you know, I'm, I'm, it helps me to get it out. I immediately train my mind to look at the situation through God's eyes. You know, what can God do? How's God working? How's God moving? And instead of, you know, trying to avoid pain at all costs, I'm learning how to observe it. And, and okay, what is this teaching about me? What is this teaching me about me? Okay, she said something, and I don't like how I feel right now. Okay, my heart's starting to pound, and my blood pressure's starting to rise. I can feel my body, you know, get a little hot inside. And and I, instead of instead of just pulling back, I go, okay, what's this telling me about me? What is this hitting? What does God want me to see that I need him to heal? You know, what is this triggering me? Is this make is this my little button of I'm not valuable? You know, anytime somebody doesn't want to listen to something I have to say, you know, that's that's something that gets triggered in me. It's well, am I really important enough to listen to and I'm a fr- and I get fearful of of being overlooked or marginalized or whatever discounted that so that's just one little thing that goes through my mind but i share that with you just to help you um you know in the future when you're faced in a situation you're feeling that pain you know to really trust god and go okay god what are you trying to help me see and in every situation god when you you know kind of give that over to god god opens your eyes he helps you see things and um and it takes away the the strength of that fear that can sometimes grip you. You know, and I, I think um, I think if you've been a Christian a while, it's easy to know what type of people to avoid, <laughs> what conversations to avoid, when a conversation is going to an uncomfortable place, how to go shallow and not come across shallow, how to sound deep but not be deep. You, you know what I'm saying? How to, I mean, it's just easy to do the dance, you know, just kind of versus being vulnerable, being genuine, being specific, asking for help, sharing on a heart level, being honest. It's harder. And it takes, takes risk in friendships between men and women to, here we go again, here we go again, and not be fatalistic or not be defensive or not be judgmental or not be cynical or not go, well, just figures. Got some good brothers in this church. We'd have, lo- you know, and just kind of go. You guys know what I'm saying. At your lower moments, it's easy to just go to the point of, I'm hurt, and so I'm going to push it off me and make it about something else. We all do it. But instead, looking for the good, being vulnerable, communicating honestly, and taking the risk to go, yeah, this might hurt again, but if you're going to love, you're going to get hurt in friendships. It happens. Second thing he said, he said, you know, the zombies and the humans. We, 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 tr- we couldn't win the bonies over. They were too far gone. We killed them all. That sounded kind of messed up. But it was actually a bonding experience <laughs> between the zombies and the humans. You saw the guys with the machine guns and the zombies trying to come along. Uh, you know, couldn't hold the guns because of their hands, but they could scare, scare them or something. I don't know. But he says, you know, it's a bo- it was a bonding experience. You know, one of the things that attracted Michelle and I to each other in our friendship was that we both sought the kingdom first. That we were both about wanting to help people. In fact, I even remember 
uh, you know, almost whatever, 25 years ago, that even at church, we were small group leaders, and we would, we liked each other a lot, and we would um, purposely fellowship each other last. It wasn't a rule. There was no sign on the wall, no memo given. We just said, hey, first, let's strengthen the people in our group. Let's see how people are doing. Let's have authentic conversations. Let's talk to the guests that came and see what their experience was like and pull them in and let's, and let's encourage and give. And then, then we kind of see each other and then time to talk. <laughs> Actually, I think the reality was is that... that okay. Where's the button on this? I mean, that, that, that sounds really good and I think we kind of made ourselves think that. Um, but the reality was is we got uninterrupted time. That's how I remember it. She is valuable. No, that's true. It is true. We save the best for last. But I think... Um, uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I think the fact that we uh, both loved building the kingdom then and now. Yeah. I will have to say, um, our first date that wasn't really a date, actually, it was just this time his roommate asked me out, actually, and... And it was like the second or third time I'd kind of gone out. And, and you know, as Christians, you, we went on dates a lot when we were single. You know, we just um, uh, saw it as a way to get to know each other. And in fact, the first guy that asked me out, I thought he really liked me because he asked me this big formal banquet. And I thought, oh, and he was a little older, and I got a little scared. And I thought, oh, you know, I've never been asked to something like that before, except, you know, I think in my prom I asked the guy. To, uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> So I thought he liked me, which made me nervous, and then I realized he didn't. So then I was, yeah, that was good. But with Marco on this date, I, I, we just talked. It was so much fun because we just kept talking about all these people that we were reaching out to. We talked about our families and how his mom had become a Christian. We talked about how my sister had become a Christian and his brother and how we were reaching out to the rest of our families and people I was reaching out to at work and people he was reaching out to on campus and it was just so cool. It's like I think that's what knit our hearts together. Was just we both had this love for people, for God, and for other people, and it made him like really attractive to me. I thought, wow, that's really awesome. <laughs> even more, even more than him being attractive, right, to me. Um, that that was like that was like awesome. I, thought, I had a wow. mullet. I had a really yeah, good okay. mullet. It was the mullet. It was all curly I had back some here. Serious curls down there. No. It was like a lion mane in the back. Awesome. To the point. Okay. To the point. I went home from that date, telling this gal that I lived with. I said, I think I met the one. She's like, you're kidding. I told her. She's like, oh, I love Marco. Anyway, so you know, and then three years later, we got married. My roommate wanted me to go out with him because he knew I was really outgoing and he wanted somebody on the date that was outgoing. So he brought me. Because so like he liked Michelle. But anyway. He said, name your first. He told me. He, it just so happened. if you like a girl, don't do that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> he said, you got to have to name your first son Johnny. So that was his name and I got out of it. But I do think, um, you know, we're doing our small group series. We're in small groups. We're doing these same series in small groups. Be partners together towards serving the poor. Be partners together towards strengthening the weak. Be partners together towards reaching out to people. Be partners together towards building up the church and serving. Be partners in that as well as just normal friends. And it's incredible how deep the friendship can go. If it's all about, I like that type of person, I fellowship that type of person, 
because we understand each other. We're on the higher level. And you don't think, you don't say that, but you know what I mean? You just kind of gravitate. We went to college together, and we were converted around the same, and, and that's my, and I'm more, if that's all we go, we're really limited. We really right. miss out on so much, and yet when we fight together, we're partnering together, Satan doesn't have a chance. The third thing he talked about, he said, you know, the zombies, when they were, they were throwing the baseball, and he couldn't catch it because they, you know, they lost a little flexibility. Well, they were dead. And uh, he says, you know, that, that we, we accepted each other. We connected with each other. And he said, and we taught each other. What could the humans learn from dead people, from the zombies? Well, a lot. We can learn everything. We can learn so much from everybody if we're humble. And yet when you accept each other and connect with each other and you help each other, it's amazing the type of walls that can come down and the type of safeness and the type of intimacy and friendship that you can have. You know, it's sometimes we forget that we're actually brothers and sisters, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's, we don't see each other all the time, but yet we come together like this. God says everybody that's his child is a, is a brother and sister. And, and so because we kind of forget that, it's just, you know, we may say the words, but we don't really think about what that means. I mean, if we came together and everybody looked at each other like that's your physical brother or sister that you haven't seen for a month, a year, whatever, because they live in another state, I mean, how would you be with each other when you saw each other? Um, my, I, I have a little brother. How many sisters have little brothers? Okay. I don't know about you, but uh, my little brother, I just adore my little brother. He's not little. He's amazing. He's 10 years younger than me, and I just adore him. And um, um, can, I, can I have an amen for the, the women who love their little brothers? And, um, you know, he, he's big, he's strong, he's, he's awesome. He, I think he's super handsome. I think he looks like Prince William. Um, I, I was going to have a picture, but I, I didn't get him up here. I mean, and he is married, and, he's a and, he, and he has kids. He's a police officer. He's in the army. He's strong, but he's sensitive, and he's just amazing. I think having three older sisters helped him become more sensitive. So you know, I just adore my little brother, and he drives me crazy sometimes. You know, sometimes we're talking, and he's just headstrong and stubborn, and has his mindset and you can't change it and when he's mad forget about it he's not going to listen to anybody but i love him to pieces and every time i see him or i'm around him i just want to spend time with him talking to him getting to know him it would be really weird if and he lives in arizona so i don't get to see him that often it would be really weird if my brother walked through that door and i didn't take the time to hug him and find out everything that was going on and how he's doing and What's happening and how his kids are and how work is and, you know, everything. It would be really weird if I didn't do that. And, um, and it would be really weird if when I did that, he looked at me weird and said, does she like me? Is, is Michelle, I mean, I know she's old, but is there? I mean, that would be like really weird, right? Right, right. Okay, now, now I, I know I may have crossed some boundaries here, obviously, we're, we're not blood-related, and you know, I mean, my brother and I, we're half-brother and sister, actually, um, but still, yeah, even, well, anyhow, um, <laughs> that would be really weird. Okay, so I guess I just want to make it clear that to be real family, we have to take an interest in one another, and taking an interest in one another 
doesn't mean we're interested in one another that way. Okay? Um, I've heard these little phrases in the church of, um, with the singles. Oh, I have an interest, my interest, my interest. Or I'm building with so-and-so. Have you guys heard those statements? When you want to, you know, when you, ha- when you have an interest, you're building because it's someone you like. And, and though, that's good. You should. Um, you need to do that. But we need to have, have an interest and build with each other, period. Whether we think that's a dating material kind of person or not, or whether or not we think that person is someone we're going to marry, we should always be open to that sort of um, thing and not be afraid Sisters, when the brothers, you know, take that interest in you, you don't have to be afraid, "Uh uh-oh, does he like me because I don't like him, and and keep it shallow, but just love and take an interest and be a big sister. Treat the brothers like your little brother or your big brother that you love (laughs) and um, and just see what God does. Sisters, take a risk. Love the zombies. (laughs) Okay? You know, the last... um, Last thing, last thing he said, he said, love can be scary at first. You know, he said it can be scary at first. And it, it is so true. It's not just for little kids. It's scary, period. Some of us have been divorced. Some of us were engaged and it broke off. Some of us, you know, had never had a solid relationship that we thought, you know, would, was great. Some of us, I mean, we all come from all different places of, that hurt. That really hurt. That stunk. Not going there again. And, and, I, and I understand. The longer you live, the more you get hurt in every facet of life, not just relationships. But what we do with that is everything. Because what we learn there in First John 4, over and over again, he says God's love, God's spirit seen the way we treat and love each other and connect with each other. We can't say we love God, but then not really... Love the physical people, you know, people physically in front of us. When we say we love this invisible God, we can't see or touch. That our love for God is directly connected to our love for each other. And when we love like that, it breaks down walls. Here's some practicals. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful. Uh, my daughter uh, got in a... A little, um, I'll be very careful. Uh, somebody uh, had some very strong words to say to her. Uh, lots of tears yesterday. Uh, her best friend, one of her best friends at high school of four years, somebody asked, she had gossiped about, not my daughter, she had gossiped about one of their mutual friends and had a falling out. And then she said something about one of their mutual friends. And then that friend said to Danny, hey, did so-and-so say this about me? And everybody knew it, and Danny said, yeah, she did. And so that caused this huge blow-up because of, you know, just saying, agreeing. And I think any unwholesome talk, and, you know, it, it went really well. We went over to her house. I mean, she was really mean. We went over to her house. Uh, last night, Danny brought her a candle, brought her a card, and just said, hey, I just want you to know I love you. I care about you. I'm sorry. And uh, that's it. And dropped it off, gave her a hug, and then she said, i got to go. And just walked out here. But I was so proud of it. She goes, Dad, my heart was pounding out of my chest. I said, but you did it. You, did the, you went way above and beyond. And, um, but then after she was in a good spot, I said, you know, you can't say anything. 
Somebody asks you a question, you say, you know what, I don't talk about other people, I don't talk about you, I don't talk about other people. So you're talking to the wrong person to get anything about anything unless it's positive. You're not even going to, don't even, like she said, I'll just say, I can't say. I said, she will needle you, this woman, whoever it is, will needle you till you give in. So don't even say, I can't, just say, I don't talk about other people negatively, just positively. So if you have something, you probably should just directly talk to her, you'll get the source better. But any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. You could do the inverse of this. How much wholesome talk comes out of our mouth? Not just do not let. How much wholesome talk are we letting out towards our brothers and our sisters? To them, next to them, behind their back, positively building them up over and over again so it can benefit them and build them up according to their needs and and it benefits the, those who listen, the people themselves and other people that know them. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. It may not just be malice towards that person. You just may have some malice in your heart that you take out towards that person. He says, get rid of it all. Be kind to each other. Be compassionate to each other. It's hard to be kind and compassionate if you're not getting involved in conversation and in friendship. Forgiving each other just as God forgave you. Okay, brothers, I want to give you a little tip about women. Okay. You guys want it? Okay, sisters, don't, don't get mad at me for this. Um, okay, when women feel insecure or afraid, we want to control, we want to boss, we want to correct. Is that true? And, um, Is that true? I got one totally over here. <laughs> We want to do those things, right? Angela's like, I disagree. <laughs> so, what? okay, that's just an inside scoop. So when you have a sister in your small group or that you're close to, and, and that's what you're sensing, right? Instead of being afraid <laughs> because she might be a little loud, um, recognize that she's afraid and take the time to find out why. And ask some questions. Say, sister, you're, you're coming, you know, you definitely have some strong thoughts about these things. And I want to hear everything you have to say. And is there something you're concerned about? Is there something I'm not realizing or seeing that you think is important? And just see what happens. That's a tip for the brothers. Um, sisters, if you want the brothers to enjoy spending time with you. do you, I, I think you want them to, right? Okay. Just saying. Sure. Um, then I'm going to give you some tips, okay, because I'm around a few men, right, especially one, and um, these are some things you can do that would just, they just would not wait to spend time with you. If you went out of your way to really encourage them, and not just encourage them a little bit, but really specifically about at least one thing that you see in them that you think is really awesome. A way they serve, a way they sing, the way they smile, the way they hug, the way they set up chairs, the way they work the soundboard, the way they play instruments. I mean, if you just think about it, there's a million ways that you can encourage them. But if you want the brothers to be around you, then, then go out of your way to encourage them specific. Um, tell them what you admire in them. Brothers, do you like sisters tell you what they admire in you? Okay, okay. Um, do I get an amen to that one? Is that like a really big one? Admiration? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, how about this? Ask them for their advice. 
Ooh. We tend to we ask each other a lot for their advice, but how many sisters go out of their way to ask the brothers? Brother, for how do you take this light bulb out? No, no, no. <laughs> and I'm not talking about your engine or your tires <laughs> or you know, yes, not not the light bulb. Um, but ask their advice about whatever it is that you're having a hard time with. Ask their advice. Thank them. Support their leadership. If they come up with this crazy idea of how to meet new people for your new Bible talk series and you hate it, support them anyways. I'll tell you, you're going to get a whole lot more out of supporting the brothers than, than picking apart their plan and telling them why you think it's not going to work. Okay, I, I've done that. It doesn't work. It doesn't build what you want. Just support them and be happy about it and uh, encourage them. Show appreciation for the ways that they've encouraged you. I, I mean, over the last couple of weeks, I've heard a lot of awesome things that the brothers have done with the Sisters Appreciation Night. It is not too late to bake a plate of cookies and make a special handmade card. And brothers, that doesn't mean that the sisters are interested in you. It just means that they're trying to show a little love. And all women know that men, you know, are, their, their hearts are connected to their stomachs. And if there's good cookies or coconut cream pies from Yvonne or, or you know, what, those, those things, they go a long way. And they make, they make people feel loved. Um, you know, and, and like the scripture saying, it, it, what, what, that's how you build them up. It doesn't build them up when we, you know, we correct them, we discount their ideas, or, you know, if we complain about them. Or, and so I just want to encourage you that whenever you talk about the brothers, right, this is something Mark and I have to do, we talked about this morning, with our family and life and everything that we have to think about. It's so easy to get on a negative course, right? You start looking at everything that has to be fixed and everything you don't like and what you want to be better. And when you do that, it's a dangerous spot to be in. And you can just tear down what's really good. So in order not to do that, just decide not to do that. <laughs> if you hear each other doing that, stop each other. And say, you know what, sister, I just think we're on a negative roll. And just leave it at that. Say, you know what, what's some positive things we can talk about, about, about the brothers? What, what, how can we build them up? And just decide in your heart to say, because we all do things sometimes that, you know, may not be the brightest, right? We all make mistakes. We all do things that hurt people, whatever. Just decide, okay, I'm not going to talk about a brother in any way that I would if he was right here next here, right? That's a really great safeguard as we um, think about protecting our hearts and keeping our hearts focused on what's good and what's right and encouraging others. We're going to close here with just this verse. John 13, 34, same guy that we just read about in First John 4. He says, The new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. He says, by this, by the relationships, people are going to know that you're really my disciples if you love one another. So we're going to break in our groups the last 15 minutes. We're going to make sure we're down for the logistics for the, um, our small group series that we've got going. I've got more invites for you for that and for the Catalyst Retreat. And then I'm going to hand you these cards and you guys can discuss one or two cards of practicals that your peers said about uh, what, was, what makes them feel loved. So have a great night. Have a great discussion. And we'll see you, we'll see you in six weeks. Um, but... Uh, Go ahead and just break in your small group and I'll come around, I'll give you the cards and I'll give you one of these. You've just listened to the Elevate Podcast. 
For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.